Welcome to TNT Sports Talk. Today is Thursday, July 12th. Um, I'm, jo- my, I'm your host today, Truman Karczewski. Travis is not here. Um, he's gone again working. Um, I'm joined today by my girlfriend, Bethany Iredam. Hello. She's in studio. She doesn't know much, but she's going to give us a basis, basic knowledge of what she does know, and we'll see how it goes. Um, it's been a while since I've been on. The last time I was on was uh, before our vacations, so before free agency started. Um, but I just kind of wanted to go into some of the best free agents that are left, um, that I think are left. Um, and I know Bethany has one too, but my best free agent left is Marcus Smart, um, the guard from Boston. Um, you know, I think he's probably one of, if not the best perimeter defender in the league. Um, I think he's a key part to why Boston was so good last year and a very underrated one at that. You know, they've got a crowded backcourt in Kyrie Irving and Terry Rozier, but outside of those two, and obviously those two are very good players, um, Marcus Smart's by far the best defender uh, of those of those you know, good guards that Boston has. And I think it's kind of a key for them to keep him. Um, it's rumors coming out that he's their top priority right now and they're just going to go all in. But I don't think they're going to be able to agree on a price. It was rumored that he and Brooklyn were meeting. Um, apparently him and some of the GMs over there in Brooklyn were talking at the Summer League game. Um, so that's interesting too. And I know another couple, a couple other teams were looking at him. And I think Boston, it's going to take a while for Boston, a lot for Boston to be able to keep him. But I think eventually they're going to want to do that and keep that young core together. Uh, Bethany, I know you had had one. Um, I would say one of the best free agents left is Clint Capella. He was a really good rim protector for the Rockets last year. Um, It does depend if he's going to go money over winning. I feel as if a bad team will give him a lot of money. But if he stays in Houston, he's got a great chance at winning. Definitely. Clint Capella is interesting because he's apparently him and the Rockets are very far off on a price and you don't want, um, you do, I think Clint Capella is one of their key pieces because, and you don't want to be, um, him to be wanting a max deal and you can't give him that because you've got James Harden and Chris Paul to pay. So, uh, it, uh like you said, it all depends on whether they're going to go money, if he's going to go money over winning or he wants to stay in Houston and try and win the championship. Um, next we're going to go into some of the best and worst signings, uh, we thought, uh, I thought my favorite signing, um, and I know it wasn't a popular signing, but I think it's easily one of the best is DeMarcus Cousins, the Golden State. Um, listen, he's one of the best centers, if not the best centers in the game. And Golden State has obviously the best team in the league and with some of the best superstars, you know, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, we, we say it all the time. They have one of the best teams of all time. And they just added another top three player in that position um, to their team. You know, for years, center's been kind of their weakness. They've been dealing with JaVale McGee. They've been dealing with Zaza Pachulia. It's been kind of their weakness, and they've been doing these small lineups because they haven't had a huge, a great big to rely on. And now they do in DeMarcus Cousins because he's one of the best in the league. You know, one of the best to do it in the past um, generation, really. You know, when he was with the Kings and Pelicans, he just dominated. Uh, But, you know, he's got some injury concern. You know, Achilles is a big, big kill. Uh, He's not going to be able to come back uh, right away for the Warriors. But I think all you need to, if you're the Warriors, all you need him for is the uh, postseason. 
because they're the Warriors. They're going to coast through the regular season. They'll get a top three seed in the West, and they'll be fine, and they'll be healthy and ready to go for the postseason because that's what they do. They're the Warriors. And I think, you know, people always people say, you know, the Rockets would have beat them if they had Chris Paul the entire series. Now, you know, DeMarcus Cousins versus possibly Clint Capella again, you know, that's, you know, that leans towards the Warriors, and now that's a weakness that the Rockets that's a strength that the Rockets had over the Warriors that they don't have anymore. So I think the Warriors just kind of got got better um, where they needed to get better at, and they didn't need to get better very much, and they just put themselves over the top and over the competition uh, even more than they were so already. So I think that was one of the best signings. Another signing that I loved that was underrated was Julius Randle to the Pelicans. Obviously, the Pelicans lost uh, to Marcus Cousins to the Warriors, um, and I think they kind of liked that, you know, um, two big lineup with Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins. And I think they're going to try and keep that with Julius Randle. I love what Julius Randle did last year in Los Angeles. Um, and I think obviously he's not going to be able to match up and do the same production as DeMarcus Cousins. But I think he can be um, very, very good for the uh, for the Pelicans. And I think he can kind of even be better in some ways because he won't be as ball demanding as DeMarcus Cousins and he won't need as much um, stats as DeMarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis can be far and away the number one player for the Pelicans and Julius Randle can just kind of play so I really like that signing Um, another signing that I a signing that I didn't really like was DeAndre Jordan the Mavericks Um, I talked about in the last show I you know he's a good player he's you know one of the more underrated bigs I think in the league um, but I think the Mavericks need to focus on going a little bit more younger, and I don't know why they needed him, because I don't think they're in any way, shape, or form ready to contend in the West at all, really, and I don't think they needed a 33 or whatever year old center um, on a one-year contract. You know, the contract's favorable, and they got him to who they wanted, but I don't think they really needed him, and it kind of made no sense to me, because I think the Mavericks just need to completely rebuild um, I know, you know, Bethany, do you have any? Well, I don't know much, but I know LeBron James is currently one of the best players in the NBA, and the Lakers got him, so I'd say that's easily the best signing. Yeah, uh, that's obviously the one that everyone was talking about. Uh, you know, LeBron did leave Cleveland to go to the Lakers, and I think that's kind of obvious. That's one of the best signings. Um, the Lake, listen, the Lakers got far and away better. Um, whenever you add the best player in the league and the best player in the world, you get better as a group and you get better as a team. And the Warriors did that, or the Lakers did that. Um, but, you know, it, this has been in the running, um, I think, for a couple years. I think Magic Johnson's always seen LeBron um, as the type to come to Los Angeles. I think they're friends. I think they've talked about this for a little bit. I think from the end of the season, LeBron knew that's where he was going to go. Um, and that's where he is. You know, it's kind of interesting that the Lakers haven't made, I mean, Kawhi Leonard's still out there, but they haven't got that superstar next to LeBron yet, and they're kind of just giving him a decent team around him and seeing what he can do against the superstar Warriors. Um, But, you know, it's a four-year deal. It's a nice deal for the Lakers uh, because they got him under control for a little bit, and now it's time to see if, you know, he can really build a team around him and beat the Warriors, which is the best team of all time, and he can take them down with a different team um, there in the West. But that is definitely one of the most interesting signings in the past uh, past that decade I can remember. 
Um, next, we're going to move on to football. Um, 32 teams and 32 shows. Uh, we're on to the Bears uh, in the NFC North. Obviously, we don't like talking about the Bears on this show because it's the Chicago team. But, um, you know, it's an intriguing team. Um, it's a young team. They got another new head coach there in Matt Nagy because it's the Bears. They go through head coach like it's Candies. Um, you know, it's completely new, rejuven- rejuvenated offense um, under under Matt Nagy. You know, they've got a young quarterback who started most of the year last year in Mitch Trubisky. Um, they've got young running backs in Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen. They've got free agent additions in Trey Burton and Allen Robinson. Um <clears throat> So it's going to be very interesting to see what they do. I think um, the defense is very well led under Vic Fangio. Vic Fangio is one of my favorite coordinators in the game. I wanted him to come to Green Bay in the offseason, but he didn't. It seems just like he, no matter what kind of talent he's got, no matter what the players he's got on that defense, he always has a top five, top ten defense, and it's crazy. When he was with the 49ers, they did the same thing. They didn't have all the names in the world, and they still ended up being top ten, top five, um, and I think that's what he always does with the Bears. So while they don't have the names, you know, I do like Danny Trevathan as the kind of that quarterback of that defense. They've, um, you know, Leonard Floyd's great, good young pass rusher, good lean, fast off the edge. I think he'll be good in that system. The secondary is kind of a weakness for them. When you look around the NFC North, you've got receivers like Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb. You've got receivers in Detroit like Marvin Jones and Golden Tate. And then in Minnesota, you got Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs. So when you have a secondary that's weak as the Bears um, in the NFC North with the receivers that they have, it's going to be hard for the Bears to really compete um, on that on as far as that side of the ball goes. But I think Vic Fangio can sure up some of the holes um, and that the Bears' defense can be decent. Um, offensively, uh, you know, like I said, they've got new additions, um, they've got young talent all over, and they've got, you know, Matt Nagy who comes from Kansas City in that interesting offense last season where, you know, they had speed all over. Uh, Alex Smith would just give the ball to the speedy players and just let them run. I think that's what the Bears are trying to do. They're trying to make it simple for Mitch Trubisky and just tell him to use his athleticism, get the ball to Reed Cohen, get the ball to Jordan Howard, get the ball to Robinson, get the ball to Burton, and just see, let them make plays. So it's going to be interesting to see what they can do. And really what Trubisky can do in his second year. He's in a new offense already, but he's seen defenses. He's seen, you know, schemes. And, you know, can he take the next step? Is he going to take a step back or is he going to stay the same? And it's really interesting to see how quarterbacks do in their sophomore year. Um, I think the Bears aren't ready to compete just yet. They're a team that's um, up and coming, I believe, unfortunately, because it's to Chicago. But... They're going to be scrappy next year, I believe. Um, you're going to be a team that teams aren't going to want to play, but they can beat. So I think they're going to be 6-10. and 10. Pretty simple, pretty pretty mediocre um, for Matt Nagy's first season there in Chicago. I think it's a step forward, and I think they're going to play a lot of close games and a lot of good teams tough. And But just in that division with... Minnesota and Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers again and Detroit's a scrappy team I just think it's too hard for Chicago to compete this year with Mitch Trubisky and a young young team so I'll say six and ten flat uh, for Chicago I think seven or eight wins is their max and I think probably four four losses or four wins is their lowest they could go but I, I you know obviously I don't like the Bears at all but the direction they're heading is good next um 
story headline in football coming out. Like I said, there's not much going on in football right now. Um, it's kind of that gap month, gap two months before training camp starts. So not much is going on. But very, very big news out of Buffalo came out this week. I believe it was Monday um, it came out. But LaShawn McCoy, their star running back, uh, just an absolutely horrible story. I know, Bethany, you had a little bit on that. So LaShawn McCoy's ex-girlfriend, Alicia Cordham, believes her home was invaded by McCoy. Um, not only that, but she was beaten in the face with firearm by the supposed intruder. And after looking at pictures, you can see how badly she was beaten, and they were pretty gruesome. McCoy does currently have a lawyer, but the trial has not yet taken place. Yeah, this is huge. Um, like Bethany said, if you saw those photos, uh, I saw them. I know Bethany saw them. Um, but... They were just absolutely gruesome. It looks like she was just absolutely beaten almost to death, and it's horrible to see. Just an absolutely another sickening incident. Um, but, you know, you can't, don't throw shade on LaShawn McCoy's name just yet because you never know. Um, you know, it seemed like for years he was such a good guy, and people, you know, former his former offensive lineman Richie Incognito is coming out to defend him right now. A, punt, a couple other players have done that already. So you don't know yet, and you don't want to give um, give that kind of that 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 label to uh, you know a player like Lashawn McCoy just yet. But if it is him, uh, that's horrible, um, and you know he should not be in the league. But I think he's you know he's out to defend himself. He's got a lawyer, like Bethany said, and it's just going to be interesting to see. And if you're a Buffalo fan, this is absolutely a nightmare for you. Um, you know. As far as football goes, and I know that kind of takes second place to everything else in this situation, but, you know, LaShawn McCoy is the entire offense there in Buffalo. Like I said, you know, they've got Josh Allen, they've got A.J. McCarron, they've got young quarterbacks, they've got really no receivers, you know, a decent at-best offensive line, I really don't think it's that good, um, and they base everything around LaShawn McCoy, Sean McDermott, and the offense coordinator over there. Their number one thing is give the ball to Sean McCoy and let him ground and pound and let the defense play. It's the way Buffalo plays. It's the way they've always played. Uh, and I don't think with the quarterbacks they have um, right now that they can change that. So if he's out, if he's suspended, if he's out of their team, if he's off their team, if the situation becomes much worse, you know, Buffalo's really going to have to look at just kind of resetting that, you know, Buffalo run game, you know, and hand the ball off and try to get as many yards as you can and then let the defense play uh they they're not gonna be able to do that if they don't have LaShawn McCoy because he's one of the best running backs in the league uh this this story you know it just kind of it's you know it's very interesting to watch it's gonna be interesting to watch unfold and you hope um not you know you pray for the family and you pray for LaShawn McCoy you hope nothing else comes out of the situation and that his name is cleared but you never know and uh it's gonna be something to watch especially if you're a Buffalo fan um, uh, next, uh, is the supplemental draft. Um, you know, the, it, the, it's not much going on, uh, in the supplemental draft. It's not much to talk about. Uh, there were two picks, uh, the Giants and the Redskins. The Giants took, uh, Sam Beal. Um, I think they gave up a, a third round, um, draft pick for that. I believe I'm not too hundred percent positive I believe that means they they get rid of a third uh they get rid of a third round draft uh pick in the real draft 
Um, and I, I think the Redskins, they gave up a sixth-round pick. Uh, they picked the player I was talking about earlier, and Adonis Alexander from Virginia Tech. That's a good pick. Um, you know, the cornerback out of Virginia Tech, he was projected to be, if he would have played this year, Virginia Tech a second or first-round pick um, in the real NFL draft. And the Redskins got him only giving up a sixth-round pick. Um, so that was a big pick for the Redskins. Um, and as far as Sam Beal goes for the Giants, don't know too much about him. Um, but, you know, a third-round pick, that's pretty lofty. Um, so we'll see if he can be anything or come out of anything. Uh, we're going to move on next to baseball. But first, we're going to uh, say our, our show is brought to you by D's Home Cuts. Um, you know, D's Home Cuts is the best place around Northeast Ohio for a great haircut at a low price. For only $7, these home cuts will provide you with a modern haircut styling. Truman and I have been getting our... Travis and I have been getting our haircuts at D's for the last couple months. And let me tell you, we have never looked or felt better. Every time you go into the shop, you can tell you're getting a professional cut. The cuts also get better each time you go. Because D's is always upgrading their equipment. So they can give you the best haircut possible. You can find these home cuts on Twitter at Dom's Home Cuts. DM him or set up an appointment um, through his link on in his bio. And trust me, you'll not be disappointed. These home cuts, professional haircuts at a low price. <laughs> Sorry, I screwed up there. We're doing this show very late. <laughs> and we're very slap happy right now. Um, but next we're going to move on to baseball. Uh, obviously, baseball right now is kind of talks of the all-star game. Um, I kind of want to talk up the Brewers right now because they do have, uh, you know, f- uh, how many all-stars? They got Josh Hatter. They got Jesus Aguilar. They've got Christian Yelich, Lorenzo Cain. Um, and they just got Jeremy Jefferson tonight. So that's five Brewers, just so everyone knows. Travis said they weren't going to have that many. They, Travis said we were going to have none. Um, but they have five. And it just goes to show they're having, you know, they have the best record in the NL. And I just want to talk them up more. Um, but there's one player I kind of thought was interesting. And I don't think he should be in the All-Star game. And, you know, maybe people will give me flack for this because he is, he's got the name of Bryce Harper. But Bryce Harper's not playing, performing good. He's not having a good season at all. His averages are much, much lower than his career average. And I think he literally got in based on, um, the fan voting because it's in Washington and people want to see Bryce Harper in the game but really he's not having a good season at all there's a handful of players that have done better than him this season but it just seemed like um just because it's in Washington uh he could be batting under 100 and he'd still get in and I don't know why it's like that and the MLB really needs to look at the fan voting system and see how biased um it is because teams like the Rays small market teams don't get their players in and it's not fair um so I think the MLB really needs to look at this because Bryce Harper should not be in the all-star game um as far as the snub snubs go I think Blake Snell like I said the Rays small market team Blake Snell um you know the Rays pitcher uh he's got a 209 ERA um the best in the AL among the qualified starters I believe And he's not in the All-Star game. And this just baffles me because how do you not put in someone who's got the best ERA in the AL in the All-Star game? Because it's not fair that 
he performs every single day, goes out every single day, and he doesn't get his name recognized because not as many fans voted for him because they want the bigger names in. I think that's easily the biggest one to look at, um, and it doesn't make any sense. I know Chris Archer tweeted about it. His teammate, his teammate uh, was absolutely baffled that he did not get in. I think the entire Rays organization was baffled that he did not get in. And this is just another example of the MLB needing to look at a different format for picking all-star um, the all-star game, because that's absolutely ridiculous. Um, another one was Ross Stripling, uh, the starting pitch for the Dodgers. He has a 2.2 ERA. Uh, it's the, you know, one of the lowest in the game, and somehow he's not in there for the NL, um, which is another one that's just baffling. I don't get how a pitcher, like I said with um, Snell, is how do they, how do they get under a 2.5 ERA and they aren't in the all-star game? It just doesn't make any sense, and again, those are players that just go out go out and work their asses off every single game, and somehow they don't get the recognition that they deserve, and they won't be in the All-Star game, um, which, once again, is just absolutely baffling to me. Uh, but that's it for baseball. The All-Star game is going to be very interesting. The Home Run Derby, obviously my favorite part, and me and Travis's favorite part. Jesus Aguilar got in there, so I'm pretty pumped about that. But it's going to be very interesting this year in Washington, D.C., um, in the next couple of weeks. Um, next, uh, we're going to move on to the segment of what would have happened. Uh, me and Travis started this a couple of weeks ago, and I think it's really interesting. And this week, what I'm going to do, um, if Brett Favre would have never, uh, would have never gotten, would have never left, I guess, uh, after the Packers lost the 2007 NFC Championship game to the Giants, you know, Brett Favre retired. And then during the training camp in the summer, he decided he wanted to come back and play for the Packers. And the Packers ended up saying, no, we've got our guy in Aaron Rodgers. And they ended up trading Brett Favre to the Jets. So what would have happened if the Packers would have caved in and said, all right, Brett, you can come back for another season? I think Aaron Rodgers would not be a Green Bay Packer. Um... I think Aaron Rodgers would be a New England Patriot. I think that the Patriots would have traded for Aaron Rodgers. Um, they would have given the Packers Randy Moss and a couple other things. And I think Tom Brady um, would be done in a couple years. I think Aaron Rodgers would go to New England. I think he would sit for another year, maybe, maybe two. And I think... The, the Patriots would have moved on from Tom Brady at that point. Because if you remember, Tom Brady just came off losing the Super Bowl. I know they were 18-1, and one, but then they went in the 2008 season, um, and they, you know, they went on, I believe, a three- to four-year drought of not going to the Super Bowl. And I just think in that point, Aaron Rodgers would have taken over. Uh, if you would have seen... The Packers, they were, or Brett Favre was very interested in always bringing in Randy Moss to the Packers. It was something that he was interested in when he was leaving Minnesota. Um, I think that the Packers would have given up a lot to get Randy Moss, including Aaron Rodgers. And I think the Packers would have tried to set up that 2008 season as being their go-in season. They're all in. Um, and they would have gotten Randy Moss. And they would have kind of paired that dream offense for Brett Favre. But I think it, you know, obviously the more interesting thing is, you know, 
Aaron Rodgers going to the Patriots. I think Aaron Rodgers would have taken over the Patriots' reins in 2009-2010, and I think the Patriots would be crazy good right now. Um, They'd have, obviously, the best quarterback in the league, and but then you see where Tom Brady goes. I think Tom Brady would have been picked up by any team. He would have been high spinning, um, and I think he probably would have went to a team like Cleveland. And I don't think their quarterback issues would be nearly as bad. This is kind of strictly just spitting out of my mouth because we would have never known what would have happened because obviously, you know, the Packers went with Aaron Rodgers. But I think that 2008 season, I think the Packers would have gotten to the Super Bowl. I think, I think they would have won against the Steelers. Uh, the eventual Super Bowl champions that year. But I think you pair Brett Favre. I think you pair Randy Moss together. Uh, and the magical season, the Packers take the 2008 Super Bowl. I think Brett Favre walks off the sunset as a Green Bay Packers, a two-time Super Bowl champ. And that's it for his career. I don't think he tries to come back. I don't think he tries to um, make another reign. And then I think you see the Packers kind of screwed over for the next few years. I don't think they have a quarterback. Um, and the Packers kind of go into rebuild mode after that Super Bowl um, while Aaron Rodgers is riding high in New England. Um, you know, this is obviously something that was kind of just me spitballing. I think Aaron Rodgers could have been, if Brett Favre uh, decided to come back and the Packers would have decided to go with Brett Favre, um, I think Aaron Rodgers could have gone to many teams, you know, Jets, Raiders, Browns, teams that were just bidding for quarterbacks. Um, but I just think the interesting one is the uh, Patriots. Um, that's it for that segment. Um, something interesting, something I I think about a lot because obviously as a Packers fan, um, but I'm glad the Packers made the decision to go with Aaron Rodgers because obviously now we have the best quarterback in league history on our team. Uh, next, we'll go to our question and answer. Um, but first, we have our A's uh, A's Lawn Service. Uh, the show has been always brought to you by A's Lawn Service. Since 2014, A's has been providing professional landscaping services to many homes around Northeast Ohio by using professional equipment. A's constantly strives to provide families with professional landscaping at a low and fair price. Are you tired of being dragged around by bigger landscaping companies? Yes. (laughs) Turn to A's and trust me, your lawn and your home will never look better. Trust A's for all your landscaping needs, and trust me, you'll never be disappointed. The phone number is 330-241-2392, and the email is lawnservice.a's at gmail.com. A's Lawn Service, you grow it, we cut it. Next, our question and answer. Um, The first one is thoughts on Cleveland taking down the LeBron poster. Bethany, I'm going to let you start with this one. So Cleveland taking down the LeBron poster, I believe, is appropriate. While LeBron brought a championship to Cleveland in 2016, um, he is no longer a part of the team. While there is still reason to have appreciation for everything he has done, we do have to move on. Even without a sign, I believe he still deserves the respect he has earned over the years due to his skill set. Yeah, um, like you said, obviously I hate LeBron and I hate, I hate the city of Cleveland when it comes to sports. Um, but it just seems like they hang on too much. Um... And I think this is kind of the first part to them moving on. Uh, you can't, people who are mad about this are so stupid because you can't keep a poster of someone who's not on your team up. You know, that just says so so bad for your city. If LeBron comes in in a visiting uniform and you still have a poster of him sitting up on your wall, 
that every, or sitting up on a building where everybody that comes into your city sees. I don't know, it's just kind of embarrassing, and I'm glad they did it um, because everyone who walks or drives into Cleveland can't look at a LeBron poster when the guy's in L.A. playing basketball now. Um, they did it when he left for Miami. I know it was more in an evil spirit, and everyone kind of hated him after that, um, and it was torn down pretty much. It's kind of the same way here. Obviously, it wasn't the same way. You know, I, I it, obviously he didn't leave in the same way, and he left in a more respectful manner, and he brought you guys a championship. But he doesn't play here anymore. You have to bring down the freaking banner. Uh, it, when it in the future, when everyone's said and done, LeBron's retired, build him a freaking statue. I know they'll do that, and then he'll live forever in Cleveland lore. But right now, he plays for the Lakers, and. He can't have a stat, or you can't have a poster of someone who doesn't play for the Cavs, because once LeBron comes in in a Lakers uniform, comes into Cleveland, you it just wouldn't make any sense to have him a poster of him. I'm glad Cleveland did that. It was a smart thing to do, um, and uh, they should have done it after he left, no matter where he left, and where where he went to. Um, next question was: Is the NBA ruined? Um, I personally don't think it is. I am very, very intrigued to see how the Warriors do this season. I think adding five All-Stars in one lineup is going to be really cool to see. Obviously, I don't really like it because I think it's just unfair. But anybody who says they're not going to want to see that is just bullshitting to you because they do. Um, Everyone's going to want to watch at least one Warriors game this year to see how it all pans out. You're still going to want to watch the finals to see if any crazy upsets happen. And I don't care what you say. At the end of the day, you want to see five All-Stars play together. And you want to see how that meshes and how dominant they actually are. Um, And as far as LeBron going to the Lakers, I'm sorry. Everyone, every NBA, every sports fan is going to want to see LeBron play his first game um, at the Staples Center wearing 23 in a Lakers uniform. Everyone's going to want to see that. Um, I don't care what you say. It's just this history. Uh, it's it's amazing. It's going to be amazing to see. Now, the competitive nature, yeah, it's kind of ruined as far as we all kind of know the Warriors are going to win. But I'm still going to want to watch my team, the Bucks. I'm still going to want to watch how the East plays out and who's going to match up with the Warriors in the finals because that's kind of up for grabs. I think it's kind kind of between five teams, so that's kind of going to be interesting to see. But as far as LeBron in the Lakers, I'm going to want to see that. I'm going to want to see LeBron come back to Cleveland in a Lakers uniform. I'm going to want to see LeBron go to the Oracle in a Lakers uniform. And I think it's going to be very interesting to see um, how the Warriors play. So I don't think the NBA is ruined. Um, well, yeah, I believe the current situation with Golden State and LeBron and the Lakers uh, will create an interesting turnout. Um, with LeBron having the skills of more than just one all-star it will give Golden State the actual competition that they'll need um, that people would like to see in the NBA. And I think it will create an intriguing season and turn out for all the NBA fans. Yeah, I definitely don't think it's ruined. I think the competitive nature is not there um, as much as it should be. But listen, it's the NBA. LeBron's on the Lakers. The Warriors have five All-Stars starting. We're going to want to see how it pans out. Um so the next question kind of way off what we've been talking about, but do you think Lamar Jackson plays this year? Um, I don't. Um, listen, uh, 
the Ravens, you know, they're kind of in an interesting state. I could see him playing because of injury, but I just think Joe Flacco's gonna. I think Joe Flacco's gonna play better this year. I think he's gonna come back healthier. I think he's gonna have a good training camp. You know, he's still the starting quarterback there. Um, if he stays healthy, the Ravens are gonna be back to kind of normal. And I think people are just kind of underrating Joe Flacco right now because he had injuries last season. But it's not like he really proved to take a step back. You know, he's still a good quarterback. Um, the Ravens are still a good team. And I don't think you can just hand, give Joe Flacco, you know, this much flock for, you know, get, having an injury. It's not like he's had back-to-back bad seasons. He's still a good quarterback. Um, and if he stays healthy, I think he's still going to be a good quarterback. Um, and then if he goes down, they're going to give the nod to RG3. Um, RG3 is another one. You know, he's not a good quarterback, but I think he's the backup quarterback. I think he's going to try to get another shot and try to prove himself in Baltimore. Um so two guys kind of got to go down for Lamar Jackson to get the starting nod. I could see him playing in wildcat formations and stuff. Um, I could see him playing, you know, from here, from time, from time to time, just running the ball. But as far as starting goes this season, no, I don't think he's going to start at all. Um, but it's going to be interesting to kind of see it. Everyone's going to be watching how he, if he can pan out in an NFL offense, um, and actually, you know, perform at a high level. Uh, that's it for uh, the question and answer. Now I'm going to go into kind of an interview with Bethany. Um, <laughs> uh, so what? tell me about your background in sports. Well, I haven't done too many sports in my lifetime. I did track once. Um, I do tennis recreationally, and I like to watch basketball. Okay, so tell me who your favorite athlete of all time is. Um, well, I don't know too many names, but I'd probably have to say LeBron since he did bring a championship to Cleveland for the first time in over 50 years. And uh, he's made history. He's one of the best players um, known in the NBA. And he comes from Akron, our hometown. So I think that's something I'd be kind of proud of. So that's why I'm a fan. Definitely. Um... Obviously, we don't like LeBron here, but uh, so tell me about your favorite sports memory, whether it's you playing sports or you watching sports. Okay, definitely not playing, but I'd have <laughs> to say watching um, was probably the NBA championship in 2016 because I um, it just brought Cleveland a, a good parade and a fun time, and my family was happy about it, and I was happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> That just seems to be the typical answer that we get from Cavs fans on here um, about that dumb championship in 2016. That brought some pride to Cleveland. Um, I don't think it brought that much pride because now it's all gone um, <laughs> as she hits me in the arm. Uh, that's going to kind of wrap it up for us. Um, I know it was kind of a shorter show and we didn't have that big of an interview um, like we have had in the past. Um, we're gonna try to keep that going. Oh, we're gonna tr- we still got some players and some NFL players lined up um, for you guys uh, in the future because obviously me and Travis love doing that. Um, but if you guys want to get on the show, just DM us on our Twitter. Um, we're always open to guests. We can do live phone calls now. So um, if you're far away, that doesn't matter. Um, just give us a shout out. Give us a DM, um, and we'll definitely get you. Try to get as many people on the show as we possibly can. Um, but thank you to our sponsors, D's Home Cuts and A's Lawn Service. 
Um, go give us five stars, rate and review, and subscribe. Um, follow us on Twitter at TNTSportsTalk12. Um, follow our Instagram at TNTSportsTalk12 as well. Um, listen to us tomorrow uh, on 12 Ounce, 12 to 1. Um, we also got a YouTube page now. Travis just made that. Um, so go on there and check us out. Um, and have a great day. Um, and tune in next Tuesday uh, with a special guest. We don't know who that's going to be yet. Um, Travis has one lined up, I believe. Um, but thank you for a great show. Bethany, thanks for coming on. You're welcome. Um, have a great day. Um, and tune in next Tuesday.